0: Welcome to The Other Web. Our guest today is Sam Keller, a Harvard alum and tech industry veteran who co-founded the Gen AI Academy with a unique mission to empower individuals of all ages to become AI trainers, leveraging AI tools, not just for learning, but for earning income, gaining skills, and serving their communities.
1: Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Alex. It's really good to be with you. Thank you for
0: joining us. So, It seems like the entire world is shocked by the appearance of AI on the scene and they don't quite know what to do with it, but you have the answers. You're teaching people how to use AI. Can you share with us what you've seen so far?
1: Sure. Well, well, it's not only that that I'm teaching folks, but more so, believe it or not, that my 12-year-old son has been doing so. So the basic story is that my 12-year-old boy, Kaz, back in February... Discovered ChatGPT through some YouTube video, brought it to my attention. My kid has always been pretty tech savvy, much more so than me. So together we learned how to do it, him being much more adept. And then he had the idea that not only could he help me and his mom learn how to use it, but he could help others too. And back then he wanted to earn money to upgrade his computer. And so we put a message on Nextdoor, you know, the software platform that connects neighbors. And we were flooded with interest such that my boy first taught uh, some classes here in our dining room with people paying $20 each. They all sold out right away. He did seven classes like that. Then he started using some of his revenue to rent the boardroom at our local community center. Um, Little kid, with uh, about 12 paying participants in each of those classes, all selling out right away. A bunch of these folks asked if he could do it virtually. So he's taught a bunch of Zoom classes with people dialing in from all over North America, Europe. Uh, So my son has uh, done a total of 24 classes with 229 people ranging in age from uh, the youngest being 10, the oldest being 91, and the vast majority being senior citizens.
0: All right. Well, I want to get into the business side of this in a second, because this sounds fascinating to me. (laughs) But let's start from the content of the classes. What does he teach people and why is it useful to them?
1: Well, he teaches people, first off, uh, what ChatGPT is. So he clues everyone into how it's a super smart computer brain, and then he, he goes a bit deeper, how it's a, a neural network, how it uh, is a large language model, how it's multilingual, uh, and how it's continually learning. So, so the basic nature of it. Then he talks about the key abilities that it has, um, what it can do, and, and how it can be most helpful to people. Then there's a hands-on portion where he enables everybody to to get a free account. So everybody with their devices goes and gets a free account. Um, Then he does a demonstration of those key uses. So basically he first gets the whole classroom. And again, sometimes there there are three generations in one class, kids, parents, grandparents. Um, He gets everybody laughing. So he has this artificial intelligence tool tell a joke about something that would unite everybody. So the town we're in, it starts making fun of the town we're in, something like that. Um, Then the demo goes through how it can help people to understand really complex uh, concepts because it can tailor its responses to each individual. What, no matter what age you are, or level of education, um, so different aspects to the demonstration, but then he talks about the caveats, the, the limitations, the risks, the downsides, um, how it uh, can be inaccurate, it can be outdated, it has no morality, so it can be used uh, by bad actors for, for, you know, bad purposes. Uh, and then, uh, then Q- Q&A, which is always a, a rich uh, conversation. Right. So, again, I'm
0: fascinated by sort of the social aspects, the business aspects. What is the useful thing that people take out of it? How do those senior citizens or whoever attends those classes then end up using ChatGPT or other similar
1: products? Is there something that they do that really improves their lives afterwards? Oh, my gosh. It's... uh... It's genuinely life-changing for a lot of these folks. So one, one aspect is uh, producing written ma- material. And that can range from we've had senior citizens who have said, oh, my gosh, this has really made it easier for them to write bereavement, condolence letters when friends have passed. You know, not an easy or fun thing to write, but it has has made that easier. Um, other folks have used it for their marketing, social media posts, news newsletters. Um, some folks have used it to help them um, write letters to congressmen or women, to uh, complaint letters to their cable company, to airlines. So, so one big rubric is using it to help you produce written material in whatever style or tone you need. Um, Then there's another sort of category of uses, which is basically using it as a tutor. Now, for younger people, that can be, um, we see them having it help them figure out math, um, uh, you know, other classes where it's actually operating as a tutor whether you're in eighth grade or 11th grade or whatever. Um, and then some other folks are using it to, to learn other things. Like they may be trying to figure out some health and wellness or medical issue um, and, and using it for that purposes. So it can really help you to just understand what it, whatever it is you're trying to figure out.
0: All right, so I'm curious about the tutoring part because in my experience with ChatGPT, it doesn't actually have any math skills. It can recite the definition of something, but it cannot actually add two numbers. It's lacking in that skill, right? Because it's entirely language-based. And so I've had it make really, really basic multiplication errors, things like that, like failing to calculate the return on investment when it is trying to divide the current price of a stock by the past price of a stock. And worse yet, it never admits to be failing, right? It tries to please you because that's what it's been trained to do. So if I tell it, I expect the result to be roughly this, it will just give me a result that looks like what I just asked, but slightly more precise, supposedly, except it has nothing to do with reality. It made it up. And so like, how do you avoid those situations to make sure that, you know, or or how does your son avoid it if he's trying to teach people a skill that will be useful to them? Um, but there is a risk that they will learn based on nonsense.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. In fact, there was a class just recently where Kaz was demonstrating how it can be a a tutor and walking through algebra and Kaz caught the fact that it was wrong. So you're right that it can be uh, erroneous. One thing he he does is use uh, GPT-4. So the the Mm -hmm. paid version is a bit, bit better in these regards. And then when it comes to math, it's more so... The concepts uh, mm-hmm. can can be good. I mean, having it help you understand conceptually things um, versus just the, the actual mechanics of like uh, multiplication or, or division. Um, yeah, that's that's what I would say to that. Yeah, so
0: that's an interesting thought, and I've touched upon it in a few interviews that I've done with people. Where like, there is a lot of journalists right now asking the question: How will ChatGPT affect schooling? Now yeah. that students can essentially cheat on their homework left and right by asking ChatGPT to do it, right? Sure. And the only answer that I am coming up with was, why don't you let ChatGPT do the teaching and then let students do the homework in the classroom where the teachers can watch?
1: <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Things are, are changing dramatically. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've seen how uh, Japan has come out with uh, a strategy and guidelines for how they're going to use AI in the educational sector, And one of the principles or, or approaches is that they're going to give students f- false information produced by AI, and students will learn the skills of recognizing inaccuracies and 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 how to to catch things that are erroneous, produced by AI. I mean, that's kind of where we're heading is people really needing yeah. that skill.
0: Yeah, that, that said, I don't think that false information produced by AI is different than false information produced by humans. So they might as well be training people on BuzzFeed, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for that matter, good point. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm curious, you see this kind of progressing, he's getting more and more people involved. Obviously there is demand for this. Where do you think this is going both from the perspective of Kaz's business initiative and from the perspective of the demand that people have? Do you see this kind of becoming more universal that everybody has to learn these things because it's just going to be impossible to live without them?
1: Well, here's how I see it. Um, when we look at, at previous technological revolutions, the invention of the personal computer, uh, the invention of cell phones and smartphones, uh, the, the rising of the internet, in each of those technological waves, certain individuals, communities, almost nations were kind of left behind. There are, there are certain demographics that For lack of resources or a variety of factors, don't progress to to, to adopt those technologies and benefit from them. And I think that is playing out with this wave of generative AI that's sweeping through uh, human society. And in particular, uh, there are older folks who, in their life experience, have have seen and, and experienced or witnessed exactly what I just described what's happened in those technological revolutions. And there are many of them who don't want to be left behind with with this one. Um, so that's what's giving a rise to a lot of the demand. Um, when it comes to people in like their 20s and 30s, they're much more inclined to just go to YouTube and figure something out. Um, but for this older generation, that's where we're finding the demand of wanting live instruction, um, hands-on training, whether it's in person or virtually, and especially with COVID that's given rise to demand for live training where we can actually ask you, answer your questions and and give a little more handholding. Um, but, but that's that demand. And what I've come to perceive with my 12 year old teaching, you know, 24 classes, making almost $5,000, um, is, uh, Part of how we can ensure that no community is left behind is by providing this entrepreneurial opportunity, the the modern day lemonade stand to young people. Right. But it it does seem like at least
0: what you've described so far, the use cases that he's teaching people, it's not like they are things that are necessary for their survival in the modern world. They are time-saving. They are useful. But we haven't gotten to the point yet where y- there are things you cannot possibly do without this skill. And therefore, everybody who hasn't acquired the skill yet is going to be left behind. Are we going to get to the point where you cannot acquire a passport from uh, the U.S. government without
1: using ChatGPT
0: somewhere along the way? <laughs> oh
1: my God. Let, let's, let, let's hope not. But my perception, uh, you know, being here in the San Francisco Bay Area and, and, you know, interacting with a fair number of folks dealing in the tech sector and, and AI and so forth, um, with big tech companies and small, is that AI is is going to just kind of permeate almost everything digital. It's going to be almost like the internet. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily going to pose such a barrier to folks, you know, just as there's these kind of helpful chat chat bots available, everything to assist. Hopefully it'll make things easier for folks.
0: And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is this more of a barrier and we need to teach people defensively to make sure they don't get left behind? Or is this a great opportunity where from now on, essentially everybody can figure out anything as long as it involves words, right?
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly well i think the the there's the real opportunity for the for the latter and um that's where we're finding folks that that just wanna be able to catch the wave and 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 uh not live in a way in which you're intimidated by this thing, chat GPT and AI that everybody's talking about, but that you've gotten past that intimidation, you've gotten past that fear, you're acquainted with it. And now you have the sense of relief or joy that, oh my gosh, I can do this. Right. So now switching back to the
0: point that we postponed earlier, which is, what does this look like as a business? Like, obviously, it's pretty hard for a 12-year-old to scale a business because occasionally there's homework and he needs to at least pause the business part to do his homework. But how do you see this going? And do you see this scaling? Is it going to actually have an online academy that teaches millions of people eventually?
1: well time will tell but uh, for for my son you're right he's in he's in eighth grade you know he goes to school he's got homework but like many kids he's got extracurricular activities you know he plays the learns the guitar, he plays tennis and so forth but this is the one extracurricular activity that is not a cash outflow <laughs> but is a cat and that, you know cash inflow and like many kids, especially here in the US you know other cultures too, his original uh, entrepreneurial experience came from doing lemonade stands. And this past summer, you know, uh, he earlier on had been saying, oh, he wanted to do a lot of lemonade stands with his buddies. But I knew that there's only so much you learn from doing lemonade stand after lemonade stand. So he kind of graduated to doing these classes. Um, He has gotten to the point where after teaching the the introductory chat GPT class 24 times, he wants to move on. And that is to the advanced chat GPT class, GPT-4, using plugins, all of that. So so he'll move on to that. And he's now, believe it or not, serving more B2B clients. So for a local business in our area, husband and wife team, they engaged him, came over here to this our dining room table. As that you see in the background, and uh, um, got his one-on-one assistance to how they could use it for content generation, their newsletter, their social media posts, but in a way that was still consistent with their voice, their tone, their their brand. Um, there was also a senior tech executive who attended his class, but um, this gentleman does internal communications for one of the big tech companies. You know, he writes emails. the employees on behalf of the senior execs. And he was very upfront about the fact that he's fearful of losing his job, but he wanted Cass's one-on-one assistance to see how he could become most productive by harnessing the technology. So, a client like that. Um, It goes on and on. My my little kid is being paid $400 to train the entire company of uh, a renewable energy firm here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So, he's moving on to do things like that. One last thing to mention, is there is a uh, a consultant who works with basically teenagers, helping them with their college essays. The consultant has a client who's really stressed about her essays. Um, and so the consultant and this teenager have engaged CAS to assist, not to go so far as to like, hey, we're going to I'm going to help you cheat, and we're going to just have ChatGPT write your essays. It's it's all agreed that we're not going that far, but CAS is going to assist them to see how they can get more creative, more effective by taking advantage of, of the technology in that way.
0: Right. Well, I, I think college essays are actually an interesting use case that is oh, yeah. obviously an arms race, right? Sure. Because yeah. like, ultimately, you have the same number of students trying to vie for the same number of slots. And so if all of them use ChatGPT tomorrow, you will still get the same level of filtering eventually. It's just yeah, yeah, now yeah. going to be filtered based on a different skill set of knowing how yeah. to prompt engineer instead of knowing yeah, how to exactly. write.
1: It. Exactly. Hey, before we uh, dive into that topic or others, let me just add this this second part response to your earlier question about how it would scale, which is yeah. that um, my son and I have worked to basically document every aspect of how we've gone about this, how he has successfully taught all these classes. So we've put that into online modules and lessons and quizzes. Um, And so part of how we're scaling is through this online course. It's essentially a business kit because it it contains the slides, it contains the scripts, it's the full how-to, how to get clients, how to sell the tickets online, all of that And now there are um, young, both young people and older folks all around the U.S. and Europe who are learning to do exactly what he has been doing, giving the exact same training, 60-minute training in their own communities. So for example, there's a 12-year-old boy um, named Brady in Sacramento, California, who's earning money by giving the exact training in that part of the state. So part of how we'll scale is... Through that, turning it into a, a set of digital assets, digital educational materials, um, and f- creating relationships with, with what we call ambassadors in different parts of the world. So there's now a woman named Margaret in Uganda, and she is uh, finalizing we're, we're finalizing the flyer, the brochure for her to use as she reaches out to schools in Uganda, so that youth there can, can do this.
0: Okay, so as an engineer, I'm immediately building my structure of this in my head. So you have the first layer, which is you could package this as an online course, put it, let's say, on Udemy and just use a whole bunch of online marketing to drive traffic to it. This would be layer zero or layer one, right? Then layer two is you train people to repeat that course, and that would be essentially a franchise model, right?
1: Yeah, or licensing of IP, yeah.
0: Right. Well, which is what the franchise is, essentially, right? Or you can do the meta and train people to train people. And then you're going multi-level marketing with this and creating the next Herbalife,
1: right? (laughs) I love this. I had not gone to that level of where other people are training other people. So we're just at that level of training trainers. Um, But
0: wow. Like Herbalife and Mway, these are pretty big companies, right? Some of them publicly traded. So the model clearly works as long as what you're selling is a real product with demand
1: and not air. If you're selling air, then it becomes a pyramid scheme. Amen. No, no, no. Honestly, part of what makes this so fulfilling for my son and me, and it's the best father and son project we've ever had, is the, the effect that the training has on people and that you know, we're by and large serving people who are getting their first exposure to ChatGPT. And so many of them are coming in with a sense of intimidation or fear. And in some cases, it's quite understandable. Um, Relatively older folks that are screenwriters or editors, you know, that that, that do feel threatened. They come in and after an an hour, um, feel like they have gained such newfound skills that can be useful to them in so many different ways that there's a lot of value there and it's, it's pretty fulfilling to witness over the course of an hour.
0: Yeah. Uh, No, that, that really sounds like, again, something there's a lot of demand for. So I'm sure it's really useful to people. I'm wondering, now that I mentioned the three pure layer kind of models thinking, what is the, the model that would be most common in Silicon Valley where you're from? And it seems to me like what most Silicon Valley entrepreneurs would do when they're looking at the market that looks like the way you describe is instead of teaching people how to use this thing, if it's hard to use, they would create a product that is a layer on top that makes it easier to use. So like you would code something up that is an easier interface, even than a chatbot, perhaps. Mm. Something that already does some of the prompt engineering for you so that you ask it, Okay, come up with a flight schedule for me, and it translates it into a six-page, well-engineered prompt that 3D sets the parameters, don't hallucinate, don't make Uh up flights that don't exist, things like that. (laughs) Is that something that you see as a possible continuation to this, or do you want to stay on the instruction side of things and not the product side?
1: Uh, But part of me feels that uh, there are plenty of others creating more technological solutions, you know, apps, overlays, and all of that stuff. And as those become more available and and proven, if any of them are really useful to the demographic we serve, then we'll help folks to discover them and learn how to… to, to use them. But uh, we don't need to hire a bunch of coders or whatever to create some new app or or overlay. The only thing we've really done in this regard is that um, for the executive client that my son worked with who was trying to figure out how he could better retain his job in internal communications by harnessing ChatGPT, Kaz basically turned ChatGPT into what he calls Writer GPT. And it's basically a series of prompts and sub that cause chat GPT to take training data in the form of one's writing samples and mm-hmm. learn and learn and learn to where you're it's after two, three writing samples, say 33% trained. And then it's after five writing samples, it was, to, it tends to get up to like 70% trained. What we're finding is that within about eight writing samples, it's hundred percent trained and then it can produce written material completely matching the style. Kaz originally developed this using his own writing pieces. And it quickly fooled his dad to where I could no longer tell, all right, is this something you wrote for school or is this not? All right, I'm fooled. But then Kaz tested it out with all of the publicly available uh, AI detectors online, and it fooled all of them. So right. he then turned it over to his client, and now his client is able to, to train it to write in a way that's consistent with that corporate style. So that's, right. I think, the closest we've gotten to uh, creating our own tool to make things easier, is that Kaz was able to train the individual, here's how you use the prompts and sub prompts, here's how you give it your writing samples as training data, and now you can have a ChatGPT that can write perfectly in your style.
0: Right. Well, it does sound, again, like an example of something that could be productized so that you you don't need to be the one training the prompt, right? But there's some sort of a UI on top with a mm-hmm. different name that just yeah. calls GP, that calls OpenAI APIs under the hood. But yeah. I'm also curious, now that you describe it, like, obviously, homework for school is one issue where this is going to be a problem. But I can see why writers are on strike in Hollywood,
1: right? Yeah, amen. <laughs> Amen, amen. And <laughs> in, in my, my son, in his uh, little uh, YouTube channel, you know, he's got a video there in which he, he doesn't give away sort of the prompts to enable the whole world to do this, but he basically walks people through this exercise of how he turned it into Writer gpt and how it came to fool the AI d- detectors. But the conclusion, as he says, quite rightly, I think, is that it all comes down to one thing, Ethics.
0: Well, and well, in this case, it's ethics and potentially copyright once you get to a certain point.
1: Mm -hmm. But sure. (laughs) Uh
0: Because if you train something on the writing samples of a particular person and then you start lifting their style, yeah, exactly. Passing it as your own. Well, you Uh didn't lift any particular paragraph, but are you violating their copyright by essentially copying their whole persona? I would certainly think so. Yeah. There is a good argument to be made for copyright law to be expanded to to, to cover that but Amen. I don't think yeah. now it would but that's the other thing where if you train it on your own style I guess that diminishes the chances of this happening but in general with GPT essentially not having access to its training data during inference right it could very well just recite entire paragraph of paragraphs of stuff it has seen in the past and decided this is good writing Mm -hmm. which would result in completely plagiarized pieces. I think we've seen that with, um, I think last year, CNET published a whole bunch of articles that were actually written by ChatGPT for about three months. And then they fasted up to it in January. And it turned out that almost everything they published was plagiarism. Wow. Mm. Oh, yeah. Those tools are still, they're growing pains.
1: (laughs) Yeah. amen. 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 right.
0: So... What other thoughts do you have in general on where this is going? How is this going to progress? What role do teenagers have to play? Because it seems like they are the ones with the most desire and time to tinker with this stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I I would love to see a world in which um, young people are gaining entrepreneurial experience by helping to ensure that no community is left behind. Uh, They're getting experience Teaching, communicating, being a leader, serving their communities, and in so doing, they're helping folks, you know, benefit from these technologies, um, catching the wave. And young people, rather than, you know, being fearful of whether they'll be able to get a job – as AI becomes more influential, uh, have the confidence that not only could they get a good job, they can create jobs because of this entrepreneurial experience they're getting. Um, So I would like to see human culture evolve to where um, this is really viewed as like the modern day lemonade stand.
0: Right. Well, the modern day lemonade stand would be a great first step. But the question is, can this go beyond? Because it seems like there's more demand for knowing how to use tech than there is for lemonade. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I should also say that another thing I hope to see more of is that, as we began to to make our online course, our business kit, available, um, some elders asked, "Man, is this just for young people?" And you know, obviously, we then realized that, well, if twelve year olds can teach, This material. Obviously, older folks can too. So, there are several senior citizens who are also becoming ChatGPT trainers, serving primarily their own demographics, seniors helping seniors. I mean, I think that's a a beautiful um, addition to all of this. And, you know, AI is something that can be scary, intimidating, dehumanizing potentially, but my son and I are taking advantage of, of it in our own little way to, to foster more human connection and camaraderie and community. So in our classes, you know, with everybody wearing their name tag and, and getting to know each other and uh, commiserating or connecting over, you know, the, this topic that's rocking the, the world, um, we're, we're actually fostering more of of a sense of community. And I would love to to see a hell of a lot more of that where, huh, counterintuitively, humans took advantage of artificial intelligence to create more human connection and camaraderie.
0: Yeah, that that would be very ironic because it seems like right now humans are drifting towards not interacting with other humans. So if AI can make us interact with each other, that would be quite the revolution.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, and on that hopeful note, since I always like to end on a hopeful note, so I'd like to thank you so much for joining us. It was a wonderful discussion. And uh, yeah, now I'm thinking 12-year-old, maybe I can beat that and teach my four-year-old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, well, I'll tell you, the, uh, the media puts the moniker or the label of prodigy. On on my kid, and I'm sure it will happen for the the kid Brady I mentioned in in Sacramento, and, and the other youngsters doing this. Uh, you know, if as your kid gets older and does this, <laughs> it's just it's the narrative that everyone understands. You know, oh, they must be a prodigy. So. <laughs> yeah. that, that's how your kid would come to be viewed. Yeah. I, I think
0: in reality, though, prodigy just means somebody who wasn't afraid to do stuff, right? That's exactly. how they become a prodigy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. There you go. Now there's the helpful okay. note. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Sam. It's been great. Thank you, Alex. This has been another episode of The Other Web. Join us next time for more discussions on news, media, AI, and everything in between.